1: That's ChumbaCasino.com.
0: No purchase necessary. BTW proof. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio.
1: Tune in to Conversations with Dr. D Good afternoon, America. Today is Wednesday, September fourth, twenty thirteen, and I want to wish you a happy, happy Wednesday. We have a show today that has been um, something I've wanted to talk about for quite some time, and I'm honored to have a um, very special guest joining me today. But what I want to begin this show is by having you ask yourself a question: How many times? have you been admitted to either the emergency room, the hospital, or let's just say you decided that you wanted to go and see your doctor because you weren't feeling well. The doctor first has you wait in the lobby for more than probably an hour, maybe up to an hour. You go in, they put you in a room, the nurse comes in and talks to you for maybe 15, 20 minutes. And at the conclusion of that, you sit in the in that room and wait another 15 to 20 minutes, and for some people even another hour, 30 or 40 minutes if you are at a triage center. And after you go through all of that stuff, you get a prescription that is way overpriced. And for those of us that do not have health insurance, or even for those of us that do have it, we're paying all of this money and at the end of the day you've been through all of that crap and you don't feel any better than when you did when you left that house well today i have got some really really good news for you uh there is a um there are a couple of very good doctors that i met and had a chance to talk to uh they you know got some very good books out and these are MDs, so they are, you know, not quacks. These are very, very well-trained, uh, very seasoned physicians. And we had a conversation about health care and your health care. So that's what led to today's show. I, um, I be, Before I even introduce them, what I have found, and I finished pre-med at U of H, and, yes, I, you know, I have a couple of, a few degrees hanging on the wall so I do understand the healthcare model, especially the Western healthcare model, and I'm going to be the first to say that it sucks. The doctors, there was a guy named Rene Descartes, and, and what happened years ago was Descartes started breaking the body down into systems, and that has plagued medicine. In as much as it has also been a blessing, because if if we didn't take that approach, there would not be so many seasoned physicians that have the ability to uh, quickly diagnose and treat or do surgery on something because that's all they do. All they do is look at the reproductive system or the renal system, meaning your kidneys or the circulatory system or the cardiovascular system or what have you. So it does work that way. But what happens when we overextend that and we decide that now – Instead of we, meaning the healthcare profession, look at you as a complete whole being, we just see you as a walking thing of different systems and body parts. Well, needless to say, if we look at you like that, one thing has taken place right up front. Medicine at that stage has gotten very impersonal. The second thing that's taken place is though one of us, meaning this specialist, will look at you and treat you for things that you probably didn't even know were wrong, which is a wonderful thing, but all he's thinking about is his area of specialization. He's not looking at the collateral effects. He's not looking at the things that may be environmental to you. He's not looking at the diastetic model, and what I mean by the diastetic model is what came down through genetics. All he's looking at, is this is what I do. I'm going to cut you, I'm going to give you some medicine, or I'm going to uh, do some type of procedure on you. And at the end of the day, you leave the hospital with that one thing fixed and everything else is still broken. Now, in case I'm losing you, I'm going to liken this to a car. Let's say you take your car to a mechanic. And what is going on is that car is just really, uh, it's steering funny. The brake, you know, it's, not, it's steering funny and it's not stopping properly. So we go to a brake specialist and all he does is he just changes your brake pads out. But what's really going on is there is a hydraulic problem in the engine. What is really going on is that now that we fix the brakes, We haven't looked at the damage to your steering column. We haven't looked at the other parts of your vehicle that because this one area was fixed by an expert and all these other areas were left unscathed. Nor are we considering how we treat you or how you feel, nor are we considering is there another way to do this? Because many doctors are so locked into what they have been trained in school, and I'm going to say this. This is one thing. that is going to be so apparent to you and, and mental health care is that there is a line, and that's why I'm a, I have a Ph.D. in holistic coaching because I'm not going to say that uh, psychoanalytic therapy and cognitive behavioral therapy doesn't have its place because it surely does. But what happens is you've got some kid that has never been through anything in life trying to tell you how to fix your life. Or you go to, um, and I'm not knocking going to church for counseling. I think that can be a good thing. Unfortunately, I don't know how you can get a two-week course or a four-week course and understand sociological differences or physiological um, constructs or how do you really understand the behavioral development of an adolescent or what a geriatric is going through or, or, or what's going on as it relates to gender. So I got so sick and tired of us being pimped by a healthcare system that I decided to do a show about it. Uh as I understand, uh my guests are here and I have a uh I, I believe um there's a caller on the line. So what I want to do before we even get started is Julia, if that caller is ready, let's go ahead and put her through and let's see what her question is or comment and we can add that into the spice of this show.
2: Denise, are you on? Yes, I am.
1: Hi, Denise. How are you?
2: I'm good, and how are you?
1: I am fantastic. What's your question or your comment?
2: My question is I've been back and forth to the hospital with vertigo issues, um, still not feeling well. And it's just, like you said, you keep going back and forth, back and forth, and they're not getting down, like, to the root cause to help. Solve the issue. So I'm kind of like getting, um, wanting to have answers. I guess to the problem. What can I do, or where can I go to really get some uh, help? Because I've been going back and forth, back and forth, but it's still the problems are still there.
1: Well, what I want to do, I if you can stay with us, we're going to talk about that because that is exactly what I'm talking about, and I'm quite sure that you have gone to a hospital where they did a, a pet scan a cat scan yes. probably an mri <laughs> uh they've yes. probably given you some very serious medications that and that leave you debilitated where you can't function or you have sleep or you're getting up nauseous and not yes. feeling feel worse than the vertigo so it's just compounded it would I be about right
2: you are so right
1: Okay, and I and then in addition to that, and this is exactly the stuff I'm talking about, in addition to that, I'm willing to just put a $5 bet on the table that the medicine that they gave you upset your stomach, too, didn't it?
2: It did, and I'm not a medicine taker because, actually, normally I'm a very healthy person, but I've just been going through this since April. I've been out of work. I've been out of work over a month now because... I mean it's I can't try my equilibrium is off, and it's it's awful, and no one's really getting down to the root cause of it, you know,
1: mhm, well, before we go any further, Denise, I want you to stay on the call uh Julia, would you be so kind as to introduce our guest today?
2: Yes,
0: um, we have Dr. Floyd Atkins with us from the Center for Wellness and Healing. So Dr. Atkins was board certified in foot surgery in 1990 and is currently a sought-after lecturer and speaker. In 1996, he entered the ministry and became an advocate for spiritual and physical wellness in the effort to connect the dots between the mind, body, and spirit. So he retired from a pa- podiatric medicine in 2003 to fully devote his time to he and his wife's vision of preventative health care and wellness education. So we welcome Dr. Atkins today.
1: Hey, Dr. Floyd Atkins. How are you doing, man? I am doing wonderful today. I'm so glad to be here with you today. Uh, I know that you, I'm hoping that while you were uh, standing by, you got a chance to hear what Denise just told us. Did you hear any of that? I sure did. And, you know, that's uh, probably a very common
3: uh set of complaints we get from people who have gone through the healthcare system and have gone for evaluation after evaluation, and uh, what uh, happens to them is uh, doctors end up looking for just signs and symptoms, and they never really get to the underlying cause of the problem, and that takes a, a little bit of effort. It's something that you can't do in 10 or 15 minutes in an office visit, so you know, I understand fully uh, what our concern
1: is. Well, in in my experience, there are uh, so many different aspects to looking at how the neurotransmission process works in the brain and hormonal issues, and and I'm going to ask you to definitely speak to that. But from my side, which deals with the mind and with the behavioral aspect and the, the environmental aspects, what I have found is that typically we do not stop and take enough time to investigate uh, our client or our patient by asking them questions that really could give us an indication of something that may or may not need to be treated with conventional approaches such as uh, surgical intervention for pharmaceutical intervention because I found I had a situation very similar to what Denise was talking about with someone that said, well, doc, you know, I'm having these migraines, um, and I started asking her just simple questions like, tell me about your life. Where do you live? What do you eat? And as I investigated further we found that there was three or four different things that were triggering the, the onset of her vertigo and her migraines, and a lot of it had to do with environmental contributions as well as psychological contributions. Now, I know, Dr. Atkins, you have written a very good book. I've read your book, and it's. I'm, I'm going to recommend to our listeners that – Uh, Before this show is over today, you get Dr. Atkins' book and you read about diet and how it affects your life, as well as taking some um, uh, homeopathic treatments and some, uh, I would just say, Eastern-based philosophical approaches toward making your health better. But Dr. Atkins, would you say you're finding that when you consider the psychological presentation and you consider... The things that are going on in and around the person's lifestyle and in their home to be a significant contributor to what's going on with what they're presenting and their problem? Well, I, I definitely would agree with that.
3: I mean, the first place you should look is number one at the a person's environment, I would say, because, you know, most people when they have a complaint, um, if, if it's something that's obvious to them or something they've had contact with or some experience they've had, you know, in, in, in I guess, in traditional medicine, if a person has had some kind of trauma where they've fallen into themselves, or they've had some kind of exposure, you know exactly what the problem is. But when they have a set of complaints and they don't have any uh, way to tie it to uh, any event that have taken has taken place in their life, then that's when it takes what we call detective work. You know, my wife, Dr. Pamela Atkins, always you know emphasizes that you it, you know dealing with medicine is like detective work. You have to ask questions, and it's like peeling an onion, and you keep going down to you really get to the root cause of the problem. And I think uh, you know I I always emphasize to patients that when they talk to their doctors, and when you give a set of complaints to doctors, you, it's not just uh, the what happened to me and when it happened. Uh, you want the doctor to answer the question why. And if he can tell you why, then you're getting to the root cause of the problem. You're getting to, to how the problem really started, and that's the first step of uh, getting a solution to the problem.
1: Okay. With that said, um, we're not. I'm going to skip taking some breaks today because I really want uh, America to hear how to talk to their doctor. So, Denise, yeah, if you're still on the line, what I would like for you to do is and I'm, before I even say that, let me put this disclaimer out here. We are not attempting to treat a patient via this show, okay? That's not it. But what I do want to do is present a model in which a dialogue should be where you can have something to go by in terms of what you should expect to hear and questions from your doctor, the things that you should probably say to your doctor and what he should say back. So we're going to just act as if you just walk. In Dr. Atkins' office Or you just called him on the phone And Denise, I would like for you to describe What's going on with you How long it's going on with you And America, pay close attention To how Dr. Floyd Atkins responds to her Go ahead, Denise
2: Okay, first of all I would like to say I first experienced vertigo In April, well, August Of 2007 um, My episode was um, Basically Dizziness, lightheadedness Where It had me, like, I guess my equilibrium was off where I wasn't able really to, like, drive. Or if I did, it was kind of awkward because I was just so dizzy. Um, A lot of mine is not the nausea or anything of that nature, but it's mostly, like, the dizziness and the equilibrium being off. And also I have, like, the ear, the inner ear. A lot of times I have the aching with the inner ear. But this time that I had it in this past year, it was more so... I guess more intense because it kept me out of work maybe like two weeks in April and then the past August I was out of work like four weeks. I'm still out of work. So it's like I really, mostly my problem is like the lightheadedness, um, the inner ear issue and with the equilibrium being off. But the nausea, I don't have any nausea or anything like that. And I was prescribed, like I said, the Meclizine. Um, and that's basically what they've given me, but it really hasn't helped me. And, so, and also I did go to the ENT doctor. They drained my sinuses. They gave me the bactrim the antibiotics. But I'm still not getting better. So I don't, at this point, they, you know, they referred me to a neurologist. So I'm going to see a neurologist next.
1: So, Dr. Atkins, based on what you heard, what's the first few things that you that uh, you're going to ask Denise? And for our listening audience, what do you recommend that? And what she described, is there something else that she should have said? And what should she hear to expect from her clinician?
3: Well, I think the first thing
1: in her clinician
3: when she talks to a clinician is to to rule out any kind of traumatic injury, any kind of uh, trauma to her head. Uh, You want to rule out the possibility of infection. You want to uh, really get, uh, uh, I guess, a list or go down um, a list of her complaints just to see Physically, what has happened to her. And then the next step, you know, and this is where I guess a holistic approach comes in. You want to look at things like her diet, you want to look at the food she eats, you want to look at the experiences she has, you want to look at the home environment, whether uh, there may be some toxic fumes in the environment, it may be exposure to chemicals that's bothering. But there are a number of things that most doctors don't, don't uh, address because you you're, you're right. trained in medical school that when you you get out and you hear the word vertigo" or you hear dizziness, there's a certain set of of uh, medications or prescriptions or tests that you're going to run, and you from those tests you decide how you're going to treat, but what you're actually treating are the symptoms, and we want to go beyond that you know i know right. if if she were to to uh visit a holistic practitioner especially uh in our office, Dr. Pamela Atkins, she would see. It would be uh, the approach would be almost an hour of talking to her, just trying to get to the bottom of the problems. A lot of times, we have patients uh, to make a list of their of their diet for the last one to two weeks of everything they put into their body, and we want to see what those things are. We want to know what kind of home environment you have. I mean, we even you know, like you do, get into the psychological aspect. What in your environment could be causing uh, any kind of imbalance? Because when you look at a person's body, you want to look at it as far as balance. So uh, that's that's just the beginning, right there. I mean, it's it's um, it's a number of steps you would take just to kind of get down to the bottom of that problem. But uh, you know, environmental and toxins, especially when you don't have any history of trauma or or damage to the head or brain, or you can rule out infection and things like that.
2: Okay.
1: okay. Well, now l- let me. Uh, I understand that. Um, Uh, I'm looking at a note from my producer. As soon as uh, she gives me the green light, uh, Dr. Pamela Atkins is um, uh, on standby, and we're going to try to get her in on this. Now, the other thing I want to ask, Dr. Atkins, and I'm talking to Dr. Floyd Atkins on this thing. Uh, Dr. Atkins, is there some things that you, you were alluding to, things that may be going on in her life? and uh, maybe diet. Tell me how possibly her home environment, uh, latent stress issues, and her diet could possibly contribute to her problem. Well, number one, you know,
3: when you you look at the holistic approach of the person, you realize that a lot of the diseases, a lot of the signs and symptoms we see have a an origin, a psychological origin, whether people are under stress, and stress is probably the most significant one because it can manifest in so many different ailments. I don't always call them diseases. I call them conditions or ailments that contribute to imbalance. So right. uh, then that stress will affect, number one, your, uh, the, your habits when it comes to eating, when it comes to sleeping, when it comes to resting, when it comes to your physical activities. And that, in turn, will affect your digestive system, which will uh, cause you to have indigestion, you have malabsorption, you can have a lot of issues related to the stress of not eating properly or improper diet. And then people tend to take wrong choices when they're under stress. They they go for, you know, more carbohydrates, starchy foods. They go for things that are really not good for them. Some people like to eat sweets and things like that. And then once you get on that trail, then you're on the trail of, uh, of a gastric upset or a gastric imbalance. And, you know, uh, if you talk to most uh, holistic practitioners, uh, they really believe that a disease starts in the colon. It starts in the digestive tract. We know that 80% of all the immune function begins in our, our digestive system. So once the digestive system is out of order, then you set up a scenario where a number of uh, uh, ailments or conditions or imbalances will, will take place. So it, so it goes back to that balance, that that mind-body balance, where if you're psychologically you can control those things first and get in your head about healing. Then it can lead to a physical healing. Uh, So a lot of times in in traditional medicine, they would start off by looking at the symptom of of my, you know, in my profession that my foot hurts or my leg is hurting or I have swelling. But then when you do more investigation, you find that there are other things going on in that person's life that led to that. So there is a connection. We'll take more detail to go into it, but I want to just share that with you right now.
1: Now, I just, excuse me, everyone, I just, uh, and stay on, Denise, I just got information that uh, Dr. Pamela Atkins is uh, on, on, and I'd like to add her in. Uh, Dr. Atkins, are you there?
2: Uh, Yes, I am. How are you?
1: I'm fantastic. Uh, What we're talking about, just to bring you up to snuff on it, is Denise called in, and she sought treatment through our conventional, very, Uh, Just to not insult our medical system, our very uh, interesting medical system. And she said she has gotten no resolve. She's been suffering from attacks of vertigo. And when these things happen, what they've done is basically placated her, made the problem worse. They didn't. Uh, They, you know, just take a TR, uh, do a CAT scan MRI, give us pills, and send her back home which I know for a fact, because I know several of your patients, that is not how you treat your patients. So would you step in and tell us what is the holistic approach, not only to addressing an issue of vertigo, but to just addressing patient sensitivities and concerns?
0: Well, yes. I think with the holistic approach, we look at the whole patient, because we don't we don't want to divide up the body and not looking just at the vertical or or vertigo or the ear or the or the head, it was a headache. But we, we want to look at it in relationship uh to the body as you, know, you alluded to the diet, you know, what's going on psycho socially psychosocial. Um I, I really need to know about my patients, you know, what's going on in their lives, you know, because that really has an impact. If they're going through stress, you know, that can affect their health. I think uh, with the young lady, Denise, um, I just think there are many patients like that that in uh, Western medicine or traditional practice, sometimes we can um, not always help them or sometimes we can make them worse. Uh, For example, um, you know, she alluded to inner ear problems and being given uh, antibiotics, and many times with antibiotics, uh, we knock out all the good bacteria. So we tend to get recurrence of sinus problems or ear problems, etc. Because the good bacteria, the probiotics, is not uh, helping our immune system. And and so uh, with someone like Denise, I would want to really look into the diet because. Uh, I do a blood test that's the six most common foods that we have a delayed reaction to. Uh, It's an IgG as in GOAT test instead of an IgE as in Edgar, which is a common allergy test. The IgG uh, blood tests are rarely done, but it can give an idea of what we're reacting to 12 hours to two or three days later. And so the most common foods like milk, wheat, peanuts, soy, eggs, um, and uh, corn. You know, many times they're in our diet, and we're not we're not aware that it's causing a reaction. Maybe causing more fluid in our ears, sinus congestion, and that can affect that inner ear balance. That uh, and so it could be as simple as that.
1: Wow, that uh, yeah. the one thing that is uh, coming to mind is. Where I went to uh, did my pre-med undergraduate stuff at university, uh, well, I guess I should mention the school, a very prominent university in Houston, Texas, Um, we always use these approaches that are what I call the low-hanging fruit approach. It's what the school teaches. It's very commonplace. But when I started investigating things that uh, got outside of the simple life, uh, as I'll call it in coaching or in psychotherapy, and I looked and I started finding these techniques. Like One of them was called the emotional freedom technique, which basically is energy psychology is another term from it, and it deals with acupressure points, and it deals with incorporating some, um, as you said, uh, much more investigative techniques and less reactive approach with something that was more patient-centered. Would you suggest that it makes more sense when someone comes to uh, what I think is someone doing cutting-edge modern medicine like you and your husband, when they come to you, should they come in open-minded and being willing to realize that the East meets West philosophy and medicine is a much better approach than what they have traditionally seen
0: well, yes, I think it it is really important to be open-minded because a lot of times in in the traditional western medicine we used to be given a medication and expecting to be to get better, but we have to know medications have adverse effects. And so, you know, and so uh when we deal with natural things that we often uh uh consider in my practice herbal medicine and nutrition there's far less side effects, and so it's a gentler approach. Of course, acupuncture, relaxation therapy, biofeedback, all those approaches are, um, have uh, very few side effects, and so we need to be open-minded uh, to those effects because many times with medications we can, you know, develop symptoms that we didn't originally have, and give them medications to counteract the symptoms of the medication.
3: Something yeah, I that. want to ask. Go ahead, go Doctor Atkins. I just add a little bit to that, that you know, people really have to consider the importance of nutrition when we talk about food. But you know, people know that old adage that we are what we eat. So when you have a imbalance or something going on with you, you really have to look at what you're putting into your body and what you're putting on your body that can be contributing to, to that problem. Because we're simply made up of what we expose ourselves to on a day to day basis.
1: Yeah, I, I, I subscribe to that. I remember, um, and I don't know who said this, but it was about, the, I think, the 17th or 18th century, and one physician in England made the comment saying the cure is worse than the illness. And I really believe that in Western medicine, we, or if we can't stick you, we can't cut you, or we can't give you a pill, we actually feel it can't be treated and that is a bunch of bull because if we look at the eastern approach and we look at things such as acupuncture and acupressure and we look at all the herbs that people use in South America and in the um even the the Indian cultures and I'm not just saying American Indians, I'm talking about the Mayan culture and I'm talking about an Ayurvedic uh medicine in India that they take an approach using cures that have been around for centuries that work. And what we don't realize um, in, in the Western system is that the uh, health care lobby drives the FDA. And the FDA, as much as it's supposed to protect us, is often a puppet. And being pimped, to put it mildly, by pharmaceutical companies, and, I, and I'm saying that to say this, and I'd like both uh, either one of you, either one of you, uh, to comment on this. I was part of a um, group at University of Houston, and we hosted an international symposium about human subjects in clinical trials. Now, what that means for those of you that aren't familiar with that is when these drug companies offer you a couple of hundred dollars, and maybe even a thousand dollars and you go and you're a guinea pig for their medicines. What you don't realize is that a lot of these medicines are rushed to the marketplace, rushed to the pharmacies, and they once they get there, they have not done what we call longitudinal studies, and they have not done any real strong cross-reference studies. So what I'm driving at is the medicine you're taking now, though it may make you feel good today, there they will be hell to pay with the long-term effects tomorrow. What's your opinion on that, either of you?
3: Okay, well, first of all, I have to agree with you 100% as far as the medicines. You know, medicines have a place, you know, in the case of an emergency that if you were dying and if medicine could save your life or was a temporary situation. It may be helpful, but when we talk about taking a medication for the rest of your life on a daily basis, you really have to consider the side effects of medications. And I know Dr. Pam will always stress that to patients time after time, because you know people tend to come in and they're they're looking for a pill or a quick fix for their problem, not realizing that they can treat one symptom
1: but they create 20 other symptoms.
3: Right.
1: Jeez, Dr. Pam, I want to. While that's being said. I remember I came to your office, and being an allergy sufferer, if you look up allergy, there would be a picture of me holding a tissue in a book. And you gave me a holistic medicine because I was taking, and I'm just going to say a brand name, sue me if you want to. I was taking Zyrtec. I was taking uh, Claritin. And basically it worked, but it didn't work. And then you gave me some whole, uh, your husband, you weren't in, but your husband gave me something holistic to take. And it cleared my sinuses up. No side effects, no drowsiness. And as a matter of fact, uh, I think the vitamin C buffered vitamin C or something else I got, I actually started having that clear up some other issues that I was having. So what do you suggest that we look at, Dr. Pam, if for those of us that can't make it to your office, and I suggest you do it. if you're in Houston or even traveling through here. You need to come see these people. But name some things that we could have people look at that they can go. And, I'm, and let me warn everyone, I'm not saying this is to treat illness, but things that may have a positive impact on minor concerns that you experience in normal everyday life.
0: Oh, yes. Um, I mean, there's a lot of natural things that are very gentle at the, at the health food stores that may help, uh, for example, uh, in your case with the allergies, you know, the number one thing that I recommend as an option to antihistamines, uh, which may cause drowsiness and after a while not always have a, a, such a positive effect. and. And actually, with chronic sinus problems, can kind of they dry up secretions, but they can make the sinuses kind of tighter. But I recommend quercetin, quercetin or quercetin, which is um, you know a natural supplement. It's sort of in the antioxidant category, but it what it does is it stabilizes the mast cells that release histamine that cause the runny nose, itchy eyes. And so for acute allergies, it's excellent. I think a lot of people that take it don't always take enough. And so I think um, the the one we have, I think is around 300 milligrams, but I recommend taking uh, three capsules three times a day when you have acute symptoms or acute allergy season to try to uh, saturate those mast cells so they don't cause the symptoms. And then once it's better... Maybe twice a day, two or three. Twice a day for maintenance, but that can really help. But a lot of times, some someone will take one or two and say, "Well, it didn't help me." But I think that is an excellent um, supplement, natural supplement that's great. You know, in Houston, any anywhere that uh, we have uh, where we have a lot of allergies, um, I think is really helpful. Um, uh, buffered vitamin C, natural vitamin C that. Buffered, so it's not so acidic. It's gentle to the stomach. It's great for helping fight against inflammation and and alkalizing, making our body less acidic. Usually, I recommend that in combination with MSM, which is another natural supplement. When I say M is in Mary, S is in Sam, M is in Mary. The long name is methyl methane, but it's a sulfur, natural sulfur from food a food supplement, but derived from foods. And we know foods like garlic and onions are really rich in sulfur. So even patients that usually have sensitivity to sulfur prescription medication like antibiotics, uh, we have never seen any side effects, uh, any allergic reactions with them so far. But taking MSM is anti-inflammatory from pain, joints, to sinus pressure. And the only side effect is taking higher doses is it loosens your bowels and for many people that's a good thing so that can really help and so I think those are great supplements to consider
1: one thing I wanted to tap on while we're talking about supplements and dietary things Dr. Floyd Atkins book is uh, phenomenal as it relates to how nutrition plays such a vital and a constructive role in preventing us from having complications either in digestion or in having reactive issues, or some things that can be pure, uh, mental, uh, pre-menopausal, post-menopausal, or pre-menstrual, or post-menstrual. Uh, what do you suggest, Dr. Atkins, That and I'm going to tell everyone, please go get this book. It, I'm not trying to sell his book, being honest, I'm really not, but I'm saying that there are times when someone just writes something that makes sense and people need to read it so that's why I'm I'm not trying to do a commercial I'm trying to help you but Dr. Atkins what are some of the things that women can do especially women that are going through midlife adolescence and their hormones are going up and down and I would like for you to take that from the uh, nutritional side and I would uh Like for your wife, the other doctor, Dr. Pamela Atkins, to address it from a medical side. Uh, So, starting with you, Dr. Floyd Atkins, what can we do dietarily and nutritionally to help women with women's health related issues?
3: Well, number one, uh, you know, when we start with with patients most of the time, the, the number one thing you can do, even before you start with the nutrition, you have to do a detoxification and cleansing. Because those two things help put your body in an environment or a condition where it can really heal and it helps to, uh, so when you start a protocol or regimen on a of person, it can really be effective. It's like if I was going to start treating you, uh, uh, if Dr. Pamela was going to start a hormonal program on you and you were drinking uh, coffee and caffeinated beverages, if you were uh, eating a poor diet, high in sugar diet, if you were uh, had high alcohol intake. All of those things are counterproductive. If you were eating commercially raised beef products, if you were eating dairy products that's uh, full of antibiotics and hormones, all those things are are against uh, hormone balance. and actually create an imbalance and create a condition that that we talk about called estrogen dominance, where you have too much stimulation from uh, chemicals or what we call venoestrogens estrogens or uh, or false estrogens that mimic uh, natural estrogens and actually stimulate receptor sites that cause imbalances, so we have to really clean up our diet and clean up our body first that 's the first step from a nutritional standpoint um, uh, uh, Dr. Peman has developed a, a protocol that really just, just focuses on nutrition and and really what it covers is is re- reducing the amount of uh, what we call cow products or commercially raised beef products, you want to reduce or eliminate totally any kind of soy milk, so soy is a phytoestrogen it 's a, it's a natural plant estrogen, but it has the same effect as some of the uh, uh, estrogen products you get from, from commer- commercially raised beef and beef products. you know also in the commercially raised meat, you have nitrites, which are another chemicals that can have an effect. Uh, you want to look at what we call um, uh, phthalates, and phthalates are really uh, uh, chemical in That's a softener, and what that softener does is, is you know, when you see foods like, uh, I mean, uh, products like Saran Wrap or food storage bags, Ziploc bags, those things have uh, phthalates in them, and those phthalates again are hormone disruptors, so they tend to contribute to problems. So we want to take those things out. Now we don't advocate ever microwaving. Uh, eating food in plastic material because the heat from the microwave and the heat, and the heat from the cooking actually causes the transmission of those phthalates into the meat or the food products that you're eating. We really we really don't advocate doing microwaving at all uh, since microwaving itself just changes the chemical structure of food and it, it can cause problems there because you're eating what looks like food. It may taste like food, but to your body, your body can't digest it or assimilate it. A couple other things that you know, we, we want to be concerned about is, uh, you know, not only what we're putting into our body, but, you know, you got to look at the petroleum-based products, uh, chemicals that you put in your skin and hair. And, you know, people have to be very conscious of that rather than using uh, petroleum-based and, and, uh, products. You want to use things like uh, coconut oil for your skin and shea butter and almond oil, black seed oil. Those are the kind of oils you want to use. You want to use a natural antiperspirant because, First, you know, most antiperspirants have so many chemicals in them that you're not aware of that again will cause your body to become toxic. Once you become toxic, and your body's out of balance, and they're trying to balance, uh, it becomes a, a more difficult situation. Uh, and then, lastly, I want to say just the fragrances. When we talk about using colognes and perfumes, that's a, a big part of our, I guess, social environment. But uh, you have to realize that a lot of the chem- there's so many chemicals. In in colognes, just say for instance, uh, one particular fragrance you might wear, like um, like a Calvin Klein, Klein product, not to call any names, I'm not saying out any one, but any of the any of the chemicals that you see, especially um, uh, the perfumes um, or anything that has a, a ingredient label that says perfume, um, has those chemicals in it that disrupt hormones. So it, it's it's Really looking at your overall, what you expose yourself to, has a has a big a big effect on on um, that overall hormonal health.
1: Okay, Dr. Pam, I've got to ask you: When women are experiencing so much in terms of not only what is just being put in the marketplace, like what your husband just alluded to, is that there's so many shortcuts now that may increase product shelf life. There's so much stuff out there that just uh, we haven't manufactured in a place where they don't have FDA standards. And then those components is what I'm talking about that end up being a larger part of something that we end up manufacturing here, but the manufacturing standards for that component was not under what would be acceptable in U.S. standards. What can women do to detoxify themselves as well as to, uh, to engage in a more healthy lifestyle?
0: Yes. I think, um, you know, as women, I think we can be beautiful, but we need to be more conscious of what we put on our skin uh, and what we consume and put in our body, what we eat. But we need to look at labels and uh, consider cosmetics and uh, uh, personal care products and lotions and hair products that are less toxic. And so we want things uh, free of uh, phthalates. We know uh, nail polish often has the DBP or dibutyl phthalates, toluene, formaldehyde, and you can look, you can find now uh, nail polishes that are less toxic that don't have those in them. And uh, so on the Internet at the health food store, so you want to be conscious of those things because those are very toxic and can affect hormones. Phthalates can uh, are false estrogen, so stimulate those estrogen receptors on breast, uterus, and ovaries, and prostate in men. So we want to be conscious of those things. Lipsticks, many are in uh, the basis petroleum and petroleum, and or mineral oil is not is something that stimulates estrogen receptors in men and women, and so. We would want to get a lipstick that has a base in in castor uh, oil or beeswax, you know. So I tell women we can look beautiful, but we want to find more natural uh, makeup options. So it's as close as our health food store or the internet. It can be we can order things like that. And fragrances, as Dr. Floyd mentioned, many are have uh, petroleum bases in it. They're synthetic. And they may smell like flowers or musk, but many of those elements are synth- synthesized that they put in there and can be hormone disruptors. Uh, and so we're very concerned about those things. So to we can smell nice just using uh, uh, oil as a carrier, whether it's simple as a grapeseed oil or coconut oil or a, a grapeseed doesn't have a odor, but to add essential oil, what could be lavender, citrus, you know, uh, different essential oils to uh, create a fragrance. Um, so we need to be conscious when we see fragrance in our our hair care products, or lotions, and other things. Phthalates. Um, we need to be. We want to uh, find products without those um, uh, elements in them. So I think those things can lead to hormone imbalance.
1: One question, and because I just got a uh, an email back door. What can men or women do, and I knew somebody was going to go here, to increase sexual response and, and stamina, uh, I guess stamina in men and response in women? Are there some things that we can start avoiding or incorporating into our uh, supplements or our diet or things like that that can give us a little bit more bang and bounce in the bedroom?
0: Well, I think that's an excellent question, and I think, you know, it's important. I mean, we are, you know, that's part of the healthy life, having interest and, you know, and whether we act on act on the interest or not or have someone as a partner, uh, we want to have a function and uh interest. And so I think with men, I tell, uh, when I talk to men, I think the first telltale sign with men is, decrease function, and when function decreases, you know, that's a sign in men of cardiovascular disease because the genital area are very small blood vessels, so men feel it first in the genital area, and so, you know, many times wives and partners don't know how to interpret that, you know, why does he stay on the couch watching TV all night? You know, why does he come to bed? And many times he has interest, but the function is not there. We're clogging up our blood vessels. So the better we clean up our diet. And a lot of the cleanup is starches and sugars. So things like corn and wheat and cereals and grains and, and you know, uh, sandwiches and uh, uh, croissants and things like that. Those things are are clogging up our blood vessels, and things that raise our blood sugar, corn, corn and other grains, and so we need to decrease those as we mature, and that can help decrease cholesterol and decrease cardiovascular risk and risk for diabetes. And so many times when uh, men go through the detox and cleanse with Dr. Floyd. Uh, they see sexual function can improve because they're kind of logo their their uh, blood vessels. Wow, you
1: know, that. Uh... No, yeah, you have to that realize
3: that, that uh, when people have sexual dysfunction, it's not because they have a, a deficiency of Viagra or or, or or any of the male enhancement uh, hormones. It's not a deficiency. It it's really goes back to, to that uh, early sense of some cardiovascular issues going on because all those products are designed to increase blood flow. And so it's telling you it, it inherently that there's a decrease in blood flow going on. So we want to enhance that. And with the, that's where the detox cleanser will come up because it really renews uh, organs in your body. It renews bodily functions. It renews your cardiovascular system. It helps with allergies. It does so many things. It's like, like you gave the first example about the car. When, when you take care of your air filter, you take care of your oil filter, you take care of all the systems, then everything works. But when you just
1: only focus on one system, uh, you're going to have problems. That is amazing. What I want to do uh, before we get out of here is I I just want to emphasize something because I want you guys to give contact information, especially about buying the books and getting to the clinic. But I want you, America, to really pay attention to that last example. And it said that Viagra, one of the number one selling prescriptions globally and the biggest profit maker for Pfizer, uh, when they look at Viagra, You are not solving a problem. If anything, you're just basically teeter-tottering with a solution, and you can have some serious, seriously downside side effects. And another thing I want you to think of, I went to my optometrist uh, recently, and when he looked and he saw that, Michael, he said, well, I see you've been working with some cholesterol issues and he saw some lipids or uh, some fats in cholesterol. And when he checked my eyes, which that, again, America, go get your eyes checked. But what he told me scared the living hell out of me. And he said that, D, this stuff will never get out of the aqueous fluid in your eye. And that just was like, and when I say aqueous fluid, ladies and gentlemen, I'm talking about the the fluid that makes your eyeball form and be a nice globe. There are two types, but that's the one that's the the one that really needs to stay clean. And if you could imagine if it affects the eye, guess what's going on with your veins and your arteries and all of these capillaries and the lymphatic system, which does not have a pump, and the only way that thing works is if you get off your butt and exercise, so... um these are things that you do need to pay attention to i am strongly advocating that you get in contact uh with my guest today uh, it will probably not only enhance your life but it could very well save your life so with that said uh dr pam dr floyd how can people get in contact with you well
3: first of all i would just recommend they go to our website it's called it's www CenterForWellnessAndHealing.com. Everything is spelled out in lowercase. Center, C-E-N-T-E-R, F-O-R Wellness and that's A-N-D Healing.com. Uh, we are in Houston, Texas. I-, I would like to give our phone number for people who who rather talk personally because usually when you call, you you will we try to talk have a direct relationship with a lot of our, our clients. The number is seven one three. 520-9611. That's 713 520 9611. But we have a lot of information
1: on our website, and uh, you can get more details about what we offer. Okay, Dr. Pam, is there anything that you'd like to give out in contact information or a little bit of food for thought before this show concludes?
0: Well, I think uh, Dr. Blood gave the contact information, and I just challenge people to make challenges uh, to really, you know, decrease our starches and our sugars. You know, if it's in a package, it's processed, even if it's whole wheat. So we want to do less packaged foods and eat more live foods. And I think we're on will be in the right direction. And I didn't address the uh, sexual function of women, but it's. Multifactorial, and so women—it's not just a pill, but it's just you know overall, you have, uh, just a balance we need to have uh, to help uh, women in that in that way. So I just hope uh, we can, uh, you know, be uh, inspired to make changes to to stay vibrant and healthy, you know, at whatever age we are.
3: I uh, will share one other thing since the breast health awareness, or they call it breast cancer awareness month, is coming up. There's a technology that that Dr. Pamela advocates for, especially for women and men too, because there is a uh, small percentage of men who develop breast cancer also that there's a technology called digital thermal imaging or thermography. I mean, you can look in your city and, and Google the word thermography and find a center that provides a way, a non-radiation way to screen for breast health. There's no pressing, no touching, no compression, but is able to see changes in breast tissue uh, that could be suspicious months to years before you may see it on mammogram. So when people want an adjunct to mammogram or want to be have a tool that's more proactive that doesn't include radiation as a way to evaluate their breast health or monitor their breast health, thermography is the way to go. We have some detailed information that you can read about it on our website. For people who want more information, just feel free to call. But that's a nugget that I think a lot of communities are not aware of, but it's a tool that people need to take advantage of.
1: That is awesome. We will definitely have you guys back. Go ahead, Dr. Pam, because I don't want anyone to miss anything you have to say. Go ahead, and I'll make my comment after this.
0: Also, pornography is awesome for men as well as women because we do do head and cardiovascular risk, looking at blood vessels and sinuses and inflammation. So the lady that had the, um, the vertigo problem that you know, that we could be screening the head and neck area, So not just the breast and abdomen. So we're finding very interesting findings there. Uh, Even thyroid, we're looking for inflammatory and uh, changes there. So I just, you know, want everybody to know that that can be an option for them.
1: Well, that sounds great. I'm sorry I sure is running out of time today, but I do want to thank you, and we are going to have you on because I want to do a – we're always – talking about men and erections and all of this stuff and and our masculine egocentric society. But I want to talk about the sexual health of women, and I'm going to ask my producer, Julia, to definitely uh, speak with you, Dr. Pam, about us talking about sexual function and dysfunction in women and what we can do to help offset that. Anyway, America, you've been listening to Conversations with Dr. Yvonne Young. I hope that you learned something today. This program is archived, so if you missed the first part or you only got in for a few minutes, it's definitely recorded and archived for your convenience, so you can just go back to Blog Talk Radio, click on our link, and you can listen to any of our programs. I will be joining you this Sunday evening at 7.30, and as always, if you don't love you, who will? Have a fantastic week, and I love you talk to you soon. Bye now.